This message you're about to listen to was recorded live at the Redeemed Christian Church of God, the Throne Room Parish, Transcorp Hilton, Abuja. Be blessed as you listen. As I ask the Lord what shall we talk about, and I'm very much aware about what is happening in our times, in our country, and to our people. I, since yesterday, asked him because like pastor shared and I was mightily blessed and I'll challenge you because some of you and I feel that I should say this it's good to come to church but it's good it's better rather to serve the Lord the greatest privilege I have is to be called the servant of God I, I don't I don't like being called you know you can say professionally is this totally not I just like being called a servant a minister of God a child of God, a servant of God. Because that is most awesome. So please, I was mightily blessed. If you are not a worker, find a way. I mean, I was humbled when the former president of America, Jimmy Carter, he served. And when he finished, he's still teaching until his health couldn't permit him. He was still taking Sunday school back in his Baptist church. He went back to Baptist church. He continued taking Sunday school classes until health could not permit what will be your testimony? What will you show God you did with the giftings he gave you? So please, I was mightily blessed. Join the workforce. Serve him. It could just be to just show up. And I remembered when I was a worker, I used to handle the workers in the province then. And somebody said that. And I said, maybe it's just showing up and being a worker will inspire some people. And I remembered when I wanted to leave, he said, Pastor, you can't leave us, you know, because you're just showing up. We just have a way of just being there, and we know it provides some stability. Because, you know, they will post pastors and things, there was some stability. Maybe that is your own role. This morning I'm speaking to someone. Please, provide that in the house, and you'll be blessed in Jesus' name. Quickly, let's open our Bible to First Samuel. That is where... I had a leading we should look at quickly. First Samuel chapter 20. Um, First Samuel chapter 18. The Lord will bless the reading of his word. It's a long passage, but I'll just read verses 1, and I'll leave you to read. I'll enjoy that you read the entire Chapter when you get to him. Now, when he had finished speaking to Saul, that is Samuel, the 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 soul. Uh, sorry, when can we start? If you don't mind, I think from seventeen. But it's a long scripture, and I'll put it in context. But when you get to him, I'll just speak one, and happened. But I'll just read two uh, verses, and then we'll speak to it. So, verse chapter eighteen, verse. 12. Chapter 18, verse 12. Now Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with him, but had departed from Saul. Therefore Saul removed him from his presence and made him his captain over a thousand. And he went out and came in before the Lord, before the people. And David behaved wisely in all his ways, and the Lord was with him. Therefore when Saul saw that he behaved very wisely, he was afraid of David. But all Israel and Judah loved David because he went out and came in before them. The Lord bless the reading of his words in Jesus' name. 
So the Lord said that in seasons like these, there is a need for you and I to behave wisely. The call out is for us to behave wisely. There is a call out for us to behave wisely. And you start wondering why. And I start asking, the Lord said yes, more than ever before. Here was David that just finished killing Goliath. Here was David that became so famous. But here was David that had to contend with quite some challenging moments in his own life. That he ended up having to be, you know, to be, to be acting at a period like a madman. If you read the account, very interesting. At a period, he had to run into the cave. That he, you know, he, he became a fugitive, a champion that became a fugitive. And all these was part of his wise conduct. So when you read that account, and of course, you see Paul, you know, adjusts us in Ephesians chapter 5, 18 to 20. Ephesians 5, 18 to 20. He says we need to be careful how we conduct. We need to be careful. Redeeming the times. We need to conduct ourselves, you know, in a way and manner that can help us come out on top. Because these will also come to pass. Somebody say amen. It will come to pass, but it's important. Whilst we are going through what we're going through, at the individual level, even as a national level, what manner of men ought we to be? And the Lord is saying we need to behave ourselves wisely. And Jesus indeed asked us to be wise. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, Matthew 7, verse 24, Jesus says he, wa- he wants us to be wise. Not only listeners of the words, but doers thereof, so that when tough times come, not if it will come, and now is a tough time for us at the individual level, even at the national level. Not if, when it will come. He says, be like a wise man who builds his house. He who hears the words I speak. Jesus said, he said, and doeth them. He's like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. And when, it's not if, he said, when the storms come, it is... He or she is stable. He said the foolish man is the same. He has the word, but he doesn't do it. And when the storms come, whether you are foolish or you are wise, the Bible says storms will come. And I love what the pastor shared in the workers' meeting. That's why I mentioned the message that got me giving my life in Baptist church, or I find if I don't, some, you know, 30 odd years ago, was a simple message. When you come to Christ, in the world, there will be problems all over. But when you come to Christ, it's better for you to have Jesus in your boat. It doesn't mean all your problems will go. And I gave my life. Because in the university then, the CUs were busy telling you, when you come to Jesus, everything will go. But I could not have that stack up with the reality I know. But the man of God said, and I gave my life. Because I didn't want problems. I didn't want another talisman. You know, you use it and problems will disappear. I wanted to walk with God. I wanted to have a, have a walk and enjoy the challenges that life throws as I walk with him. And that is important. 
And in some Bible translations you have, it will show that wisdom there is success. It says so, so that, you know, we should be successful. And that's what's to bring me to, you know, what is interesting. What is success? We need to change, we need to have a different definition of success. We have to have success the way the Bible defines it. What makes a man successful? What makes a man wise? When you open to Genesis chapter 39, you read 1 to 6, Genesis 39, 1 to 6, the Bible records that Joseph was in the house of Potiphar and was very successful. Now, Joseph was a slave. Listen to it. He was sold into slavery and he was in the house of Potiphar as a slave. And yet, the Bible said he was successful. And yet, the Bible says he was successful. And the only distinguishing factor there was that he said God was with Joseph. What is your definition of success? Is God with you? Do you have a good relationship with God? Are you a doer? Not only am I here, are you a doer? Because the Bible says that Joseph, the things he did prospered. Are you doing the word? Are you living a life of service? Because the Bible says he served Potiphar. He was a prisoner. So you should stop, you should quit. Oh, you, you know, if only God will bless me, I will, I will, be, I will show. So. Life throws you curveball. I tell people, I said, life is not fair. Jesus did not tell you life will be fair. The gospel of the kingdom is not about fairness. It's only that God is a loving father and is a God of justice. And you can depend on that. You can go to the bank with that. He said, I did not call you, O house of Jacob, to follow me in vain. He is a rewarder of those who do what? He's a rewarder. What he means is that you will see many things. He said, in the world, you'll see many persecutions. He said, but I am with you always. So you are short of that. And he had favor with God and man because God with him. So using David, flipping back quickly, using David as our study, our character, our character study, how did David behave himself wisely, quickly? When you go and read the text, I'll just read out a couple of things. Number one, David had a great relationship with God. You see that in the text in 1 Samuel 18. He said, Saul was afraid of David because God was with him. When people see you, even your adversaries, do they sense that God is with you? Because the Bible says that when once a man's way pleases God, even his enemies will be what? at peace with him. So one of the things I have learned to do in the past couple of years, because I've been involved in so many things, but after I took stock, after 15 years, I'd done so many things. I knew how we, we dealt with the heavens, we dealt with the earth, we dealt with spirits, what, all sorts of spirits. So I knew how to do them. But I learned one thing, and I changed and I said, rather than bother myself about enemy, since I have none, because the Bible says that, you know, you know, what should you do to your enemies? What did Jesus say? I bring a new law. What should you do to your enemies? 
You should pray for them. You should bless them. So I, my enemies become what? Are supposed to be my friends, isn't it? So what I did was to say, okay, anything that, that comes, since I have no enemies, so I better find a way to do what? To make friends with God and have a very strong relationship with God. Because the Bible says that if you will love me and serve me, he said, I, God, will become an enemy unto your own enemies. So I rather struggle. So I tell people, I can't remember when last I prayed the prayer. This enemy, I want to deal. No, I'm rather praying, God, please help me to know how to deal with working closely with you, loving you more, showing you more. Because the Bible says that when you do that, in Galatians 5, he said against that there is no law, no law of death, no law of sin. The enemy throws things because the Bible says your life is hid in Christ in God. He will first have to take out God, then take out Christ before he reaches me. So why should I bother myself about the enemy that is outside? Hello? So I have stopped praying that prayer because I have found that that, that is not the right thing because what happens is that when you are in Christ, when you are building a relationship with Christ at the core, when it's like you are at the core, outside the core is when you are still behaving like someone who is still just coming to church and doing whatever. So you still have a little bit of coming. Then outside that, that's why the Bible says that whoever leaves the edge, the, the, the serpent will bite. There is an edge around you. So the, my own is let me not go to the periphery. Let me be in the core. Hello? Let me struggle. Let me learn how to love fellowshipping with God. Enjoy it in my quiet. Build a strong altar, personal altar. Build it. And this does not, you know, it's good to come to church, but the greatest work you do as a Christian is not when you come here. Hello? Because the Bible says, Jesus said that there are three things you do in private. And God himself will do what? He will reward you in public. Number one, you pray in private. Number two, you fast in private. Number three, you give in secret. When you do those things, he said, God will reward you where? So when you see Gio come out and preach for about one hour, three hours, in private, if you know his prayer life, he will have fasted and prayed. Strong relationship with God. That is how to behave wisely. Repair your altars. Say you will hear a voice behind you say, here is the way, walk you in it. In times like this, I mean, I've been here for a couple of days. Strangely, you know, people, pastors, ask me, pastor, what should we do? What are the things like this? And I told them, you can't, if you can't hear God, there is nothing I can give you. You can tell me, oh, what is the world going to happen? Like I said, go and learn how to hear what? God. Because there is nothing. Whatever I give you, there are predictions. Have we not seen what has happened? Our pool's not failing. The wisdom of men, they are, you know. So why don't you learn to know the one that understands everything and know how things fit in and hear him? David understood that. Number one, he had a great relationship with God. Number two, David had a good heart. How do I know that? The Bible says that when it was time, when you read in 1 Samuel 16, 7, 1 Samuel 16, 7, 17 to 20, what happened was that it was time to anoint. They brought the first son. He looked very beautiful. He looked very handsome. He looked like a man of war. God said, Samuel, that is not the person. I, God, I look at the heart. I do not look outwardly. Prepare your heart. When God looks at your heart, what does he see? Does he see bitterness? Does he see unforgiveness? Does he see envy? Does he see covetousness? Hello? 
What does God see? Because God is not looking at, you know, how, you know, the Bible says, God says, I will exalt my word over my name. And that's one thing we are missing as Christians. We begin to continue. What is God's word for that period? He says, I will exalt my word over my name. You can call God's name from here to Wazo, but when somebody brings God's word and drops it, even the devil, God is a God of justice. And that's one thing we must know. And I remember one of my Bible teachers said something. He said, be very careful because when Satan goes before God, because Satan has to take permission from God. How many of you know that? To afflict a believer. How many of you know that Satan has to take permission? Read in Job. He had to go to God. Can I? So when Satan goes to God, and when you read in Job, you read in Isaiah, he had to go. Be sure that when he goes before God, he is not a false accuser. Do you hear what I'm saying? He is going to accuse you based on the truth. Because before God, he can't lie. So your heart must be clear. I tell somebody, I said, so when you are telling God, bless me, if you covet a, you know, an aircraft, tell God, you see my heart. I really want that aircraft, not for ministry, but I covet it. I like aircraft. I don't know whether you understand it. Because God sees the heart. That's what he's looking at. Don't start playing pranks with God. Tell him you know. And I remember one of our very good you know, ministers, my friend, and one day was, you know, there was a prayer meeting. and So the word of the Lord came those days and said, My son, I see you have a zeal for me. You know, you know, I can see your passion, your love. But I have one problem with you. You like money a lot. But I like that my person is my friend. I mean, he said, ah, God, you have to help me. I'm an ego man. <laughs> he was honest with God. And God has helped him. No, I'm not kidding. You know, tell God as it is. So he had a good heart. Number two. Number three. He walked in humility. That is behaving wisely. First Samuel 17, 58. The Bible said he just finished defeating and conquering, you know, Goliath. What did he do? He went and submitted to Saul. This was the slayer of Goliath. And he stayed. Saul continued saying, Go and do this. He didn't say, you couldn't kill Goliath. I killed it and you are commanding me. Why don't you leave the throne for me? He submitted himself. Saul continued giving him directives. Go and do this. Go and join this. I will make you a captain of this. He lived a life of humility. In moments like this, we need to ask God to help us to become, you know, behaving wisely. Let us be, have a heart of humility. I am not talking about umbility. Hello? I am not talking about what? Yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, in your heart, you are as tall as this. I'm talking about humility that is stepped out of sincerity. One of the prayers I pray God to give me many years ago is that one of the challenges I have for us, and I'm in Nigeria, and I pray God to help me, we are very vain people. So I had to tell God to deal with me. We are very vain people. Is what leads to many things you are seeing for us. Build houses, you, 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 you cannot practically live in a 10-room house. You can maintain it. But you like it. And it's nice. But when God started dealing with your heart, you start wondering. You know, I start asking myself a question at times when I walk out and said, even particularly Christians, they will tell me they're opening this house. I built it this. And I, and I said, do these people really believe the scripture that says that knowing that all these things will, 
melt away. What manner of men ought we to be? The gospel that we are benefiting from is not a gospel that was steeped in that. It was a gospel that was steeped in humility and was steeped in simplicity. But it had power. That's why I saw in Psalm, he said, Lord, please show me the way, the simple way, because of my, you know, of the people that are watching. Simple way. He walked in humility. Don't forget the Bible says that it's not the devil. God says, I resist who? So when you are not humble, it is not the devil. God says, I will resist you. And I pray that you don't put yourself in a position where God resists you in Jesus' name. Number four, David had the fear of the Lord. He had the fear of the Lord. Quickly, he had the fear of the Lord. He refused to arm Saul, even when Saul was presented to him. Twice, not once. He could have said the first one was a mistake, but the second one, he warned the general. He said, no. If Saul will die, God will kill him. I won't touch him. I fear God. If God will, go and read it. He said, you went, ah, God has delivered. They told him, God has delivered your enemy into your hands. Some of us are like that. Today, we will take advantage. Is that what God is saying? Fear of the Lord. Number five, David showed courage. He was a man of courage. In moments like this, behaving wisely, being courageous. And one of the things I've learned, the Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 1, God says that when we who sincerely love the Lord and have enjoyed genuine conversion, he says that God gives us four gifts. And the Lord spoke to me regarding that about why we have, you know, our faith, you know, despite the explosion has not grown. He said it's because out of the four gifts, we only use one that is very, and we use it half. He gives us the gift of love, he gives us the gift of faith. He gives us the gift of, you know, courage. And he gives us the gift of a sound mind. He said the Christian in Nigeria, many of us, we forget the other three. We are still struggling in faith, claiming faith. We have not used the gift of love. We have not used the gift of a sound mind. We have not used courage. I'll give you a very good example. I lived, I, I have a place, I live somewhere not far from here. Against the background of my house, lived there for five, six years, was a very wonderful range of mountains. I wake up in the morning, I see it, I give glory to God, I love it. And one day I got an Eastern European guy. He didn't go to school to remodel the house for us. And he came and he said, Ah, oh God, what is in that mountain? I said, No. They say, and I like hiking, I like taking walks. I've never bothered going there. I said, No. They said that that place, there are many things there, snakes are there, you know, uh, all sorts of things. This was a Wednesday, and on a Saturday, my phone rang. At about 10 o'clock. So I picked it. I said, maybe it's a construction working one. So he said, open your window. Look out. I looked out. He said, I am the one standing on top of the mountain waving at you. I am on top of that mountain. Now, what struck me was that if there was gold in that mountain, who discovered it? But I've been staying there for five years. Courage. David had courage. He's never, David had never fought a Goliath. So this moment, you will have to look for things you have not done before. Praise the Lord. And receive strength to do them. Number six, he was a man of relationships. Quickly, I have two more, and then we'll pray. He was a man of what? 
he valued relationships. You will see that in 1 Samuel 22, verse 1 to 3. 1 Samuel 22, 1 to 3, and you will also see that in 1 Samuel 22, 3 to 4. He valued relationships. What did he do? Number one, immediately he became a fugitive, not because this, he was a bad person, because he needed to avoid Saul while Saul was on the throne. The first thing he did, because he, needed to, he understood that he needed to protect and honor the parents. The Bible said he took his mother and his father and he went to one of the kings and said, please take care of my parents. I am going into the stronghold. He understood. So for young people here, yeah, I'll tell you, that's the secret I have. For young people, the Bible says you should do what? Honor your Honor what? That what? I tell anybody, you want to live long. So I challenge people. I say, I know I will not die young. When people say, well, I said, with short, because it's, about, it's the word of the Lord. And I say, I know I won't end because I not only, it's not only about father and mother. When you see, say, against an elder, should you not raise your voice? Against an hoary head. So at times I see young people, they see me, and I remember one the other day, and I said, no, no, young man, don't try that. I was also young. Don't do it. You are destroying your life. You must be a person of respect, particularly people that are older. Saw me. Even the parents can't call me by name. Saw me. Say, yes, Mr. Awa. So I say, yes, okay, no problem, Mr. This. So how are you? He's not as old as my, my daughter. So I say, this one will want to come and look for one of my children. You are very disrespectful. Praise the Lord. No, it's, it's a reality. I have a friend of mine, he's a judge, and he said he came back from work one day. The daughter is a medical doctor, and, you know, he's a man. And he said he walked into his office. His oddly was, you know, was behind him. And this young man was sitting to come and visit, and the daughter has been mentioning. And when he came in, and he, he sat down, and he, he walked into his house, and the guy just, uh, I, sir. And that he looked at the guy. He said he got, he looked at the pictures he, he saw his picture as the chief magistrate was hanging in the sitting room. That of a judge was hanging. He's now almost a CJ. Then he went into his bedroom and he looked at himself again, whether he didn't come out well in his house. And he, and he looked at the young man and said, young man, get up. Why are you this? Get her from my house. Real this thing. Respect. David respected relationships. He honored the boundaries Elders are to be respected. They are to be honored. And I speak because I see a lot of that. You must. David showed that. Two, like I said, he honored his parents. He built relationships such that when he was a fugitive, he didn't go alone. 300 men followed him. If today you were to leave, how many men will follow you? Will your parents not say what is wrong with you? you? You know, Let's live on a joking matter, like I said, in the Bible, but it's real. You remember, the, you know, the, it was because he was our Lord's Savior. Jesus Christ, you know what the siblings told Jesus? How many of you remember? They said, this thing you want to do is very nice. But people that do these type of things, they go very far away to do it. So please, don't do it and bring trouble to us. Go very far. You've not seen it in the Bible. That is what the siblings of Jesus told him. When they started looking for Jesus, he said, this thing you are doing is very good but it's bringing trouble to us. People that do this type of thing, what should they do? Go very far away. 
So don't have those type of siblings. Have you raised people that when you say, I am going to go, they will go with you into the stronghold. This is the time to build it. And cherish the relationships. I am here because of relationships. I am where I am because of relationships. And God is a relational God. God is a relational God. Can you put a smile? You see someone, you see I'm here because of relationship. I mean, I knew pastor, we're together in, you know, Central Parish. I, I, since that day. But as we kept on growing, I kept relationships. So I told somebody, I said, the person I served as a copper 26 years ago, who was my boss until he left the road safety as a deputy, I still go to see him. Because, ah, Oga, you say, ah, how are you, Oga? I say, no, Oga, you are Oga now. Any Oga is Oga, we'll chat. I, had a, I maintained those relationships. Who can give you a reference if you want? I have said many pastors, Pastor Banure. So, if I want a reference, who can give you one? Even in ministry. Praise the Lord. Last Saturday, I was at a wedding or the Saturday in Lagos. And I ran into by one of those that raised me in intercessors in Nigeria. He said, come, 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 come. You ran away. Come here. Go and tell. You. I know you have financial issues. Go and tell the people in finance. The country is very bad. I said, ah, sir. He said, no, 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 no. So another of the founders of intercessors said, ah, no, he's not with us yet. He said, I know. I know him. I know. That's why I know he would tell them the truth. Can they say that you will tell the truth to people? Can they give a reference like that? I was humbled. I've not seen him for about five years. He saw me and said, I know you. Go and tell them. Praise the Lord. Finally, you, David walked in discernment. This is no period for you to walk anyhow. You must walk in discernment. How did he walk in discernment? When he came, he could, he could distinguish between the vile and the sacred. So when he was hungry and his men were, were, were hungry and they went into the temple, you see that in First Samuel, and he said, is there any food here? And Ahimelech said that it is only the showbread. David said, that is enough. Let us adapt it. Yes, it is a communion bread, but it is no longer sacred because it has spent the evening. He understood, and the priest gave them that to feed and have strength. He walked in discernment, like I mentioned, when he went and the king said, if this is David, the people said, you need to take care. This is the one that killed Goliath. Immediately, David became a madman. He started acting drama. Did you see it in the Bible? He started acting. He started behaving like a madman. Spit was coming out from his mouth. Go and read the Bible. And the king said, why will you bring a madman before me? Take him out. He knew that if he didn't do that, they would kill him. Because this was the person that killed their champion. When he went to God, you walk with discernment. Finally, so that we pray, he was a man of praise. That's why he wrote more than half of the Psalms. You must live in praise. Instead of seeing the cup as empty, see it as half full. It is bad. Things are challenging. But, Father, I thank you I'm alive. Father, I thank you I have legs to walk on. Father, I thank you. The day may not be this thing, but I thank you because the dawning of a new day shows there is hope and that you still have consideration unto me. Learn to be thankful. Learn to live your life being thankful every day, every moment. Father, I thank you for traveling from here to my house and I did not have an accident. Oh, some of you don't know it. 
Yesterday, I was in this Abuja, we had a friend of ours. She was picking her children, and some of you will know, that, know them. She picked her children from, we were together, our children were together in RFA, and between RFA and the stadium, crash. One died instantly, one paralyzed, the other one, you know, survived. She survived, but she's still in shock. Some of you may know the lady I'm talking about. She was our friend. And I remember when that thing happened, I was at the lowest point, my family and I, of our lives, because we had some issues. And I will continue saying, Father, we are praying for you to strengthen and comfort this person. But thank you that those guys, we, don't, we had only one car, me and my wife, we were managing. So she would do school drop and pick me at times from work. That thank God that we even have a, we move daily, safely, there was no problem. Like Yorubas will say, and I love that. He said, God cannot do a thing without leaving a room for you to tell him thank you. Shall we rise and pray? Shall we please rise and pray? I don't know what you've heard. I mean, that is what I felt led to share. And I felt led. In moments like this, what manner of men ought we to be? The Lord is asking us, let us behave wisely. Let us adapt. Not to what the world is doing, but adapt to the leading of the Spirit. Let us walk in discernment. Let us walk in humility. Let us start walking in wisdom. And the Bible says the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. So I'd like you to, first of all, like I said, don't forget where I had and let us live a life of praise. Just open your mouth and say, Father, I thank you. Open your mouth and just thank him. If nothing else, thank him. Thank him. Open your mouth and just say, Father, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you that I'm alive. I thank you that I know I'll make the end of the year. I thank you. They are owing me. They've not paid my contract. Forget about that. Thank you that I even have receivables. I'm expecting money to be paid. Thank you that I can do something. Thank you I can walk out and do something. Open your mouth and just thank God. It's only the living that can praise the Lord. Oh, the school fees of children. I can't pay them. Thank him that you even have children you can pay fees for. Or you are struggling to pay fees for. Oh, my husband. Thank him. Oh, I'm not married. I'm the... But thank him you are alive. Thank him that you are in the faith. Thank him that you are a future and a hope. Please, thank him as someone that appreciates, you know, that these are not normal. It's not normal. Don't think it is normal. The things you are enjoying, the gift of life, health, strength, peace. And even the challenges and the things he's passing you through. It's not all the things you are going through that is the devil. It is God himself trying to process you. So thank him. Thank him for the challenges. Because in those challenges are opportunities. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Second prayer point. And please, the key, the beginning of wisdom is having God with you. Having a good relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says that God was with David and he behaved himself wisely. And Saul feared him. If you read that scripture, he continued repeating. He said, the more... Saul saw, the more he became afraid of David. 
David should be afraid of Saul. But Saul was now the one that was afraid of David. You are here. You have never. You are not sure. Maybe you've been going to church. I mean, I was in the choir. I did many things, but I never gave my life until one day and I came out in response. You've just been coming to church, but you've never taken a decision and say, Jesus Christ, you know what? I want to go with you. All the way. I'd like to pray with you. Just lift up your hands. You've never, but you've been going to church. I'm not talking about church. You want to say, Jesus, I want a deeper relationship. I want to walk with you. Lift up your hands. I want to pray with you and take a decision for him. You've never made it that you've been going to church. I'm, t- I'm not talking about you. I've not been coming. Lift up your hands. I want to pray with you quickly. Yes. You want to make a decision for Christ. I made that decision 30 years ago and it's, I have not regretted it one bit. I've had my valley moments. I've had my wilderness experiences, but I've enjoyed it all through. It's been fun. Lift up your hands. God bless you for that hand that is up. Yes. Any other hand that is up, God bless you. If your hands are up, quickly, God bless you, that brother there. Yes, anybody else? Quickly, quickly. The brother here, God bless you. Any other person? Don't forget what I said. I said I was in the choir. I was in the apostolic church. I was in the witness group, the evangelist. But I never gave my life. But I remember from the moment I gave my life, it changed all through. Lift up your hands. I want to pray with you. That's all I want to do. Father, these hands that are lifted up, you've seen them, they are lifted unto you. I ask, O oh Lord, that you will please look into their hearts and that you will please accept them in the beloved. And that by your spirit, you will start to minister to them. They want a deeper walk with you. I ask, O oh Lord, that you will help them. Even as they live here, your word will take hold of them in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Because these ones will testify of the good things and the new things you've done in Jesus' name. We bless your holy name. For in Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. All of us, let's lift up our hands. Finally, I want to pray for each and every one here. I want to pray the grace I received. I mean, is in nothing that in the past, shared with my wife earlier this morning, I counseled till about 12 midnight yesterday, so many people. And I said, the only thing I could give them in counseling I now see why God passed me through many of the wilderness experiences I've had. So I can have something to give. I've been there, I know. But it's because of the things God has processed me, passed me through. I know what it feels like when your children, you can't pay school fees and they are looking you in the face and you, are, you think you are a professional of quite some repute and they are saying, but these other people too are Christians. So what Christianity are you practicing? I know what it feels like when your landlord, even who is a Christian, who you are a pastor over, tries to kick you out of your house. I know what it feels like. But no bitterness. So I know what it feels like when you are thrown out of jail, when you lost businesses. I know what it is. So I'm not a pastor that I've no experience. I want to pray with you the things that help me, the grace to go through the tough moments and then see a transformation. Lift up your hands. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you because you are the one that says that you will be with us till the end of the earth. Your word has come this morning and these are indeed testy times for us in our nation. Even globally. Father, you have spoken to us this morning that we need to walk wisely like David did. Father, the grace and enablement to do this 
we cannot do it by ourselves. I join my faith with that of my brethren and I ask that the grace you've given us over the years to be able to go through as you are taking us through, walking with you, seeing you do things and manifesting your glory there through. I ask that you, oh Lord, shed it over everybody here in the name of Jesus. Those that are despondent, those that are at the level of emotional lows, they do not know how to, even they can't speak to their spouses about. Father, I ask, oh Lord, that you will strengthen them in the name of Jesus. The fears, the anxiety, the concerns, the mighty weights that they carry, that they cannot talk to people about. I ask, oh Lord, that you will start to change those things in the name of Jesus. And for our nation, Nigeria, we pray, oh Lord, and ask that this season will also be a season that you will do something. You will cause through this that a new Nigeria will emerge to the glory of your name. And your church will be the stronger for it. And the glory will be yours. For in Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. And the church say mighty. And bless. We believe you have been blessed by this message. To download this message, please visit our podcast at The Throne Room on your handheld device or computer. For any inquiries, call 08087-000004 or visit the Life Center at number 20 Colorado Close off Dame Street, Maitama Abuja. You can also visit our website, www.rccgthroneroom.org. You are highly lifted, highly favored. Highly favored.